they, they will break, but it does take a bit of uh, you know a bit of force. So, so you know if you um, you know if you whacked a cricket ball at them at uh, at full pelt, that would probably do it. But would hailstones break them? Technically, but they, they, they practice they don't. Okay. Um, so they're, they're they're pretty right. strong. So you, you could stand on them and, and you could probably you know likely jump on them, not really? too hard. But if you wow. if you know if you really if you walked across them, they'd probably be fine. Okay, you just reset the idea of a, a solar panel in the head. That's really cool. Hello, and welcome to Rethink What Matters, the podcast dedicated to aligning the economy with the ecology and everyone for improved business performance, stronger families, and a greener, cooler planet. And today I'm joined by Paul Hutchins, CEO of Eco to Solar Limited, and we're going to be discussing solar panels. So if you could tell us a little bit more about Eco to Solar then, please, Paul. Eco to Solar are uh, an installer of solar PV and associated technologies, and we work uh, on new build properties across the whole of mainland UK. Uh, last year, for example, to give a bit of context, we installed solar onto about 8,000 properties. Okay, and what was your journey into working with solar panels? Um, okay. I, I, I've worked in, in business for many, many years, um, worked for many, many uh, IT and software companies, for example, lots of sales and marketing and uh, international experience. And <clears throat> following uh, a, a small business that I launched myself back in the early 2000s, which um, um, I, I sold not for very much uh, in the mid-2000s, I kind of decided... I needed to do something a bit more interesting and something that um, kind of fueled passion would be too strong a word, but certainly something I believed in and I thought was worthwhile, uh, plus would catch a, you know, a, a new trend of what would be a good thing to do. And uh, Solar Energy came up, uh, went out and researched it and cut a long story short, after talking to a number of people and looking at multiple websites, reading lots of papers, um, I uh, launched the company in early 2007. Now, are there different types of solar panels? Uh, the difference has kind of merged over the years, really, and, and become a little bit um, less transparent as, as technology has improved. Um, but as a result of that, some are a little bit more efficient than others and then would generally be reflected in the price. Uh, PV panels are priced per watt, not per panel. Um, so if you're getting a more efficient panel, you generally find you'll pay a little bit more per watt for that panel. What would you say sort of the 80-20 is? 80% uh, of solar panels that are installed, say, last year, what sort of type would they be? Um, in terms of solar panels, there's always a sweet spot, um, and that's, well, that varies over time. So it was, you know, it was 200 watts for a while, it was 250. Currently, it's probably about 400 to 450 watts, uh, where that's the most um, uh, commercially advantageous to, to produce. So as a result of right. that, you'd be able to buy panels at the best price. But if you, if you want stuff that's much bigger than that, you'll tend to pay a premium for it. And do we know the carbon footprint of a solar panel? The carbon footprint of a solar panel can vary quite significantly on the basis it's quite carbon intensive or rather it's energy intensive to make them. Um, so, um, but a lot of the uh, companies that, that manufacture solar panels in, in the Far East generally are investing in renewable technologies to provide the energy. So um, you know, many of them have got lots and lots and lots, I mean, many, many tens of thousands of solar panels on their roof to provide the energy to produce the solar panels. It's like solar powered solar, if you like. So as a result of really? that, and I did a bit of research on this to see what was, um, what was the latest figures on this, but generally speaking, the carbon uh, payback, if you like, on a solar panel is between one and four years, depending on how they've been produced. So bear in mind they last for 25, 30 years. Uh, you know, they pay for themselves from a carbon perspective many times over during their lifetime. 
And I'm just curious, actually, are solar panels powered? Do they have a, a power input to them? Yeah. So solar panels are, are completely uh, self-power generating from the sun. So the photovoltaic effect, um, which comes from the cell, sends uh, irradiant energy, um, fires up the whole system. But solar PV panels don't require any energy at all to run them. So what's the difference between solar thermal heating and solar panels? Are they one of the same thing? No, they're very different. I mean, solar panels or solar photovoltaic PV panels, as they are technically known, uh, produce electricity. Solar thermal heating panels produce heating. Um, they are very, very different in terms of their, their kind of you know physics and makeup. So a solar thermal panel is basically a, a, a heat um, a, a heat accepting object. It's basically a, a dark coloured material, which is a conductor, which creates heat from the sun. Um, and okay. that then gets transmitted via normally some kind of fluid um, right. to a hot water system or a heating system or something. Now, where solar right. PV panels are actually relying on two layers of silicon, which create what's called the photovoltaic effect. Um, right. What that does is the, the difference between the positive and negative creates a flow of electrons, um, which then can be used to, to power things. So effectively, it produces DC power, which can be inverted by an inverter. Uh, to AC panel power that can be used in, in any building. You know, you mentioned installing these solar panels. Uh, what, what are the challenges installing solar panels? Are they are they significant, or is it very you know, becoming quite straightforward now to install these solar panels? The the uh, the, the solar panels themselves are, are uh, actually relatively easy to install in some ways once you know what you're doing. You know, you've got solar panels sitting on, a, say, a roof, for example. Um, you've got some cables to an inverter um, that inverts the DC to the AC via some switches and things. Um, you've got a cable to your to your meter um, and your consumer board, which produces electricity. Um, so theoretically speaking, they are fairly straightforward. Um, so the, the the difficulties around it really are um, around the uh, regulation of it. So obviously it's an electrical thing, so you've got to make sure it doesn't. Um, uh, it's, got, it's, it's got to be you know in line with the regulations to make sure it doesn't catch fire or doesn't do anything it shouldn't be doing. Um, yep. And also it's fastened to the roof. So, you know, if it, if, it, if it flies off the roof and hits somebody, it wouldn't be very pleasant. So you, there's regulation around that as well. So, um, you know, there, there's quite a bit of regulation around doing it properly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what is the situation with incentives and grants now and solar panels? Are there any still? There, there are not many, um, none at all really for, for commercial um, or non-residential, okay. other than any sort of local schemes that might be available from, uh, you know, from a local authority, for example, or um, a specific grant scheme. For, for homes, there's a thing called the Smart Export Guarantee, uh, which right. means that your energy supplier will, will offer to pay you uh, an amount of money per kilowatt that, you're, that you export to them. And they'll, they'll install a meter so it meters it and they'll, they'll send you some money once a quarter based on it. Um, and that amount will vary um, depending on the energy supply you choose. Uh, some right. are kind of better than others, rightly or wrongly. Okay. And does everybody have that facility if they want to have it then, to be able to feed energy into the grid and get paid for it? Yes. Right. Residential uh, customers, yes. Since the feeding, so the feeding tariffs finished, the grant scheme finished back in uh, March 2020, 2019, sorry. Um, yeah. And since then, the smart export guarantee system has been in place. Right. And in terms of getting your money back, that was always a question, wasn't it? You know, you can install them, but it'd take you forever to actually get your money back. But what's the, what are the economics like on that now? Well, we've been, I mean, obviously the grant system helped for quite a long period of time, but you know, we've been helped, and I'll put that in inverted commas because that might upset people, but, you know, we've been helped in terms of efficiency, of course, by the, uh, the, the energy crisis, which put the price of energy up. 
Um, so if electricity is more expensive, then uh, you know if you can produce some for free, it's going to be worth more. Um, so you know, yeah. now, I mean, you're talking probably you know, less than ten years on a on a, on a house. Um, but if you know for a good commercial rooftop, you know, you could be talking where you can get to use all the electricity, maybe in a factory or something. You could be talking as little as right. you know three to five years to get your money back. Okay. And they last for 25, really? 30 years. So, so you know, over, over their lifetime, they're going to produce significantly more than you paid for them. What are they like? How do they degrade? Do they degrade over time significantly or, or not really? They degrade over time um, and um, they, they have fairly long guarantees on them in terms of the performance. So so a solar panel generally is is it has a performance warranty for, for about 25 years on average. So they vary by hmm. module manufacturer. Uh, but generally speaking, that they would they would guarantee that at the end of twenty five years you'll have between eighty and eighty five percent of what it was to start with. So if it was a you know a hundred watts, for example, you'd expect it to still be eighty or eighty five after twenty five years. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'd be mm. happy with that. I think you know, I feel, I feel it it's reliable. Absolutely, yeah, it's very reliable technology. To be fair, you know, it kind of does what it says in the tin, and we can predict with some accuracy what you'll get from it not on a daily basis of course because the, the sun shines when it wants to um yeah. but um, over a year we can we can reasonably uh, accurately predict what you're going to get okay and are you finding that you're installing them sort of combined solutions more and more now with batteries and i don't know heat pumps yeah absolutely so it depends that depends what market you're in so for example if you're in a commercial environment we're installing for let's say a factory for example the expectation would be they'd use all the electricity. So there's no point in putting a battery in. Um, and if, but if you're installing for, say, a, a residential, what we call retrofit, so installing in somebody's home, uh, probably 50% yeah. of those now anecdotally are getting batteries, uh, much less in right. new build because it's the, the regulation doesn't dictate it at the moment. Um, but it probably will for the next set of building regulations that there's a new set just coming to force. There's another set coming yeah. in a couple of years, and that will probably, probably, because we haven't seen the uh, details yet, uh, require right. or expect batteries. So, is the legislation at the moment that new builds have to have solar panels, or is there is there something? Like there that? is the yes. So, so it, it will be the case. It's, it's not directly the case. In other words, there's nothing in the legislation that says or regulates that you have to have solar panels. But the most right. uh, advantageous way of achieving the um, the, the, rele the relevant regulatory requirements, which is under the, the standard assessment protocol called SAP. Um, generally, yeah. for eighty percent of homes, it's best to put something like a solar panels plus some other bits and bobs as well. Um, right. Whereas, but it doesn't specify. In the next set of regulation, it's going to be um, even more significant, I think. But uh, the new regulations that come into place force now in England, they're already in force in Scotland. Um, yeah. We would expect that probably eighty percent of new build properties from, let's say, the end of this year, will have solar on them. Okay. Do they need cleaning? Because I'm thinking, you know, you look at your roof, it doesn't look clean, does it, after 10 years? What about solar no, panels? Do they need cleaning? They they do and they don't, um, in the sense that they, they are designed to be self-cleaning. So providing on a pitch, um, that the rain and, and um, any water that hits them will will um, will clean most of the debris off. Um, right. You would get an incremental benefit maybe every few years to getting somebody to get up there and clean it. But but it's unlikely to be enough to, to, to be worthwhile paying somebody to do it. So, so if you've got a, right. a big commercial roof, for example, or um, I don't know, you've got fields of them where it's worth getting somebody to do it, then um, then yes. But if you've got a, a normal residential house with, let's say, ten or fifteen panels on there, um, it wouldn't be worth yeah. erecting, you know, scaffolding and stuff and getting somebody up there to do it. It might cost you a few hundred pounds. And you're only going to get a benefit of you know, sort of tens of pounds if you like. So, so there is some benefit, but it's relatively small. 
Are they pretty durable, indestructible? I mean, you know, birds dropping on them or whatever. Do they ever, do they break in situations <laughs> situ very often? Yeah, they they will break, but it does take a bit of uh, you know a bit of force. So, so you know if you um you know if you whacked a cricket ball at them at uh, at full pelt, that will probably do it. But would hailstones break them? Technically, but they, they practice they don't. Okay. Um, so they're they're, they're pretty right. strong. So you you could stand on them and, and you could probably you know lightly jump on them, not really? too hard. But if you wow. if you you know if you really if you that. walked across them, they'd probably be fine. Wow. Okay. That, you just reset the idea of a, a solar panel in the head. That's really cool. What about the manufacturing and the making of these solar panels and the materials that they use? Is there anything in there that we, you know, we're going to run out of any minerals? There's obviously, I think there's silicon in there, is there? But is there anything else that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the basis of what they're made is silicon, which is ultimately comes from, you know, a sand type material, which is mined. Um, there's glass in it, which obviously comes from a, a different but similar kind of source. Um, and the rest of it really is, you know, a bit of copper and, and some aluminium to make the frames. Yeah, yeah. And I heard not so long ago that solar panels can get too hot. And as they get, as they heat up, they become less efficient. Is that how they do? Um, it, it, it's, it's relatively small, but they um, th there is a, a linear curve on this. So basically, the cooler you can keep the solar panels, the more efficient they are. Uh, so actually, you know, if you get a sunny day at you know minus forty in the Antarctic, they work really, really well. Um, and if you put them in a in, in in the desert, they work well in the sense there's a lot of irradiation, but they will lose some efficiency because it's very hot. Um, so uh, yeah, this it's it's not you know, either way around is not, not not prohibitive. In other words, you know they don't need to to be terribly cold. But on the other hand, um, you know if it does get very very hot, so that's one of the reasons why you know having them in the desert isn't necessarily uh, that much better than having them in a you know a reasonably warm country that has sunshine. And then when they after twenty five years we need to throw them away, what happens to them at the moment? You know, once they their life do they get recycled? Can they be taken yes, apart? They, they, they can be recycled. Um there is there is a, a scheme for recycling and we've just sent um some broken panels and we we install a lot of panels and we don't we don't break many panels. It might be one a week or something on a scaffold right. or something where they've been dropped or whatever or or the forklifts um yep. done what it shouldn't do. Um but they've mounted up over a period of time. So we sent those off for recycling. We have to pay for that. Um, right. And they go off to be recycled properly, um, but yeah. uh, you know it's not a big issue at the moment because you know people didn't start installing solar panels in, in any quantity until about probably twelve, thirteen years ago. So bear in mind they last for twenty five years or so. There will be a, a bigger requirement for recycling them probably from yeah. about the middle of the twenty twenties onwards. Right. Okay. Okay. And what's happening with solar panels then? Where's the technology going? Is it evolving very quickly, or is it sort of hit a bit of a hit a bit of a bottleneck at the moment? Is there something new that needs to happen to keep the technology moving forward? It's constantly uh, it's constantly evolving. Um, yeah. There's there's new types of panels that have become subtler, I suppose, in the sense you know they put the contacts on the back, I suppose, instead of the front. These slightly different technologies for sort of bonding the cells. Um, yeah. And different ways of doing things. They've got some, for example, that they call bifacial uh, products, which basically will there's some um, radiance ability, some 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 absorption ability on the on on the back. So effectively, what you do is you install it on a, on a roof where it's not obviously actually um, against the roof. So anything that's that's reflecting up from the from the roof would be able to be absorbed in the form of electricity. Um, so they're working on that. Um, they're, they're also working on um, uh, combining different technologies as well um, to make things generally more efficient. So there's there's a lot of work going on, you know, around the different technologies to take things forward. But it is, I have to say, it's quite incremental. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not 
thirty percent a year or anything like that. It's it's, right. it's small amounts every year, but currently getting better all the time. And obviously, generally speaking, apart from the recent uh, issues with inflation, generally speaking, you know the price of these things will come down. And Tesla's got these solar roofs, haven't hasn't haven't they? That look like roofs. Yeah, I've I've got my own views on this, which are sort of personal views, really. Which are in no disrespect to anybody or in, or, or even to my own company. We we don't install them. Um, they're not actually technically available in the UK, um, and they are they're quite expensive um, because they they haven't produced volume of them yet. So uh, whilst it's a great idea, it's really not cost effective, and certainly not cost effective enough to be even available in the UK at the moment. Um, so solar tiles have been around for a long time since you know for probably fifteen years or so, but they've never really taken off because of the the additional cost. So they're solar tiles, okay, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Go build your roof out of these solar tiles and wire them all up. Absolutely, and we 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 install mostly in roof solar panels, so they look like a slightly larger uh, Velux window. Right. Okay. And so they're actually in, in the roof, so they, they don't sort of stick above the roof, and they're they're very they're very dark. They're, they're all black. They call them these days. So everything's black. So if it's yep. against a black tile tiling system, you wouldn't see it very you know very much from a distance. Right. And how dependent are they on the direction that they face for their efficiency? Not as not as much as you'd think. Um, so right. you know the, the 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 two things that people talk about is the direction they face. Do they face south or not? And, the, and what the, what's the pitch? And the, right. you know the pitch be anywhere between I guess you know sort of ten well if it's only between twenty and and forty five degrees it's it's not really much different um, and if they're facing south that's best um, but if you face them southwest or southeast you probably lose maybe five percent efficiency and even east right. and west you're talking eighty eighty five and so uh, what about people that have got existing properties. Are there considerations for people who want to retrofit? Yeah, it's generally possible. Um, and uh, there are guidelines now. For, so we've done a lot of residential retrofits over the years. We just don't do them anymore. Um, right. But you, you you would need a survey of, of the roofs, and we need to have a come and have a look at it. Uh, but most most modern roofs are, are okay for putting solar panels on. You know, the snow loading would be sufficient of that. But you can generally, if, you, if you're worried, you can get a structure engineer to have a look at it. Um, right. And if 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 if, a, if it's an unusual roof in some ways, if it's a very old roof, for example, or the roof's not in good condition, it would be worth getting a structural report. But you know, I would say probably for uh, a large proportion of, of British roofs, you know, they're suitable for putting solar panels on. What's your biggest frustration? Do you think then? I think the biggest frustration is people not uh, not understand, or rather, not appreciating the, the value enough to say, well, I'm, I'm going to spend some money on it. I mean, solar's very 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 popular in the UK. It has about 80% approval rating. So when you ask people, you know, do you like solar or not like solar, 80% of people say they do, um, which is the highest of all of the renewable type technologies, obviously much much higher than any fossil fuels. Um, but when it comes down to it, very often, I don't think people are vociferous enough um, in terms of either, you know, wanting to pay out the money to put it on their own roof or even when they're moving into a new build home to say, you know, my neighbours have got solar panels or my friend that bought a new build property down the road had one why haven't i got them people are still happy that you know, if they can buy a, a three-bedroom house in the area that they want for the price they want they'll go with it whether it's got the solar on it or not and i think people should be a bit more demanding are there solar panels used in a community way where they're installed you know on a park somewhere and everybody taps into it is that possible yeah absolutely i mean there's quite a lot of themes around like that there's 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 um you know, publicly funded schemes where you have that kind of thing or maybe it sits on a um, you know, in, in, in a in a on a village hall, for example, that provides 
or you know, sports centre or something provides energy for people generally to use. And there's also been schemes um, where you know maybe um, a whole uh, host of properties have been given the opportunity to have solar at maybe a reduced rate because there's economies of scale and lots of stuff happening. And there's also yeah. um, companies, um, they call them community benefit societies, for example, that will raise money by shares to install solar panels onto uh, you know, village halls, hospitals, leisure centres, whatever, and they will then sell the energy at a reduced rate to the um, the incumbents and, and, and get a return back. Right. Okay, that's good to know. I think I heard Musk say once that, uh, you know, if you had about whatever it was, 10 football fields of um, probably 100 football fields of solar panels, that would be enough to power the entire world. You can. You, you, you could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a very small, there's, there's a map you can find on the Internet where there's a very small part of the Sahara Desert. If you covered that with solar panels, that would be enough for, for everybody to use. And, and, and anecdotally, every single minute of every single day, 5,000 times as much energy as we need in every, every, in every minute hits the earth in the form of solar energy. Right. And um, so there's a lot of it. The issue you've got then, if you concentrate it in one place, of course, you've got a distribution problem. Right. Um, you know, it's a bit like water, isn't it? There's enough water to go around. You know, some people are flooded in Scotland and they're, they're parched in, you know, in North Africa or something. It's mo right. moving it around. It's not a small consideration. So if you want to move lots of energy around from that concentrated area, that would be the constraint and the cost. Right. So we're going to come down to storage at the end of the day, isn't it? How how effectively we can you know, develop back. Yes, storage and smart. So it comes down to you know, if you can, if you can uh, generate the energy from the sun, uh, you can store it. But you, what you can also do is send it where it needs to be at the right time. So, so as right. I say, you know, if I'm able to, to generate energy, but I don't need it, if my neighbour can use it or the school can use it or uh, the local factory can use it, you know, that, that's much, mm. much better. So if, you, if, you, if you're able to use energy intelligently, as opposed to everybody, you know, producing energy at midday and then coming home at six o'clock in the evening and wanting to use it then when maybe it's, you know, in the winter, particularly it's dark. Um, that's yeah. not an intelligent way to use energy. We need to smooth it out as well. And when you do your installations, is that a part of what you install? Some smart switching that uh, you know, switches in the solar panel and then switches maybe over to, to wind when it's a windy day and it's cloudy? We not directly like that, but we do do some smart technology, yes, um, and that's becoming more uh, more prominent. Uh, certainly, smarter ways of, of of using, let's say, for example, um, your solar with your heat pump and your EV charger, for example, or your immersion heater. Um, so right. when there's solar available, it uses that energy to go and um, to go charge your car or um, to yep. heat up your water or something. Those those are quite um, quite popular, and and that that those technologies are becoming more ubiquitous now. I think. Um, right. And they will, they will be installed. I think possibly in the next set of regulations, there'll be a lot of that being installed for new build homes. Okay. And so the biggest objections people have to installing solar panels, if we go back to retrofit, because I think obviously with new build, it's sort of built into the built into yeah. business. But with retro, we are talking price really, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there does need to be over time, I think, probably finance models to, to make that easier. And there are some things out there, you know, some green mortgages and things you can get. Um, right. And they are getting cheaper, of course. You know, you know, the solar panel system that might cost you 20 grand 15 years ago might now only cost you, you know, five or six thousand pounds. But it's still a chunk of money people got to find. Um, right. And um, I think there's more work than you're doing on that personally. So what's your view on things just becoming more local? We need to be more local, don't we? Local grids, local heating, local, you know, rather than everything being generated by wind farms off the North Sea. I think there's, there's there's a two stream thing to that. The answer is yes, 
um, I think we, we, we're doing both. So, so there'll be more wind farms and there'll be more yep. solar farms that produce electricity and, you know, a similar model to power stations where you've got a, a great big facility producing power that then gets sold into the into the grid um, yep. and people buy it in the normal way. Um, but I think the, um, for me anyway, the, the, the focus should be around microgrids. It should be around the home, the street, the housing estate, the village, the town, um, and, and making energy as local as possible. And that does yep. involve generating as much as you can locally, storing as much as you can locally, and moving it around locally to, to people that need it when they need it, using various smart technologies as well as financial instruments, really, that allow you to sell things to, to, to other people, peer-to-peer -peer arrangements, that kind of thing. And arbitrage right. to sell back to the grid so but yes i think it, it, it the more we can make it local the better um yeah. and, and for me personally i'm not against solar farms and solar fields but for me you know we should be covering the roofs with solar first you know at least while we're doing everything else if not before in terms of monitoring the performance of the solar panels is that something you can do Yes, it is. I mean, it's, it's true at all levels. You know, if you've got a utility scale or a large commercial, when it's quite important because you, you've, you've basically invested in an asset um, and you're expecting, you know, a, a return of X and you need to make sure it's, you know, at least X plus something as opposed to X minus. Uh, so that's very important. Um, with regards to the homes, most systems now will have some kind of monitoring device on them. Um, so you can monitor, I mean, I've got, as you probably expect, being a bit of a geek anyway, I've got about three or four apps on my phone. There's this one for my car charger, there's one for my, uh, two for my solar, because I've got two different systems on two different buildings, one for the heat pump. Um, and, uh, you know, see, there's, a, there's, there's a one for my battery as well. I've got a battery. So, you know, and all of those kind of link together to one extent or another, to the extent that you realize actually interoperability for these things is potentially an issue. So, so actually I could, for example, I could charge my car using solar, uh, using my um, my app that controls my solar panels, my app that controls my, my battery, or my app that controls the EV charger. So you've got to kind of pick one, right, okay. really. Yes. Give yes. us an idea. What's, what's the ideal installation in your view then? Yeah, it depends on it depends on what you're looking to achieve. I mean, it's, it's, solar is. I'm, I'm probably a bit biased, but I've been working for this working with it for years now, and I know that you know, solar is really reliable. The last 25 years, and it kind of does what it says in the tin. We know what it's going to give you over that period of time, um, and they give you very little trouble. Um, so solar is a, a bit of a no-brainer in some senses. I think in terms of these technologies, anyway. Um, EV chargers um, are, are very popular with people now because obviously a lot of people want to drive electric vehicles. That that really is quite a driver. Very often people get in solar, I've got an EV, I'm going to put an electric vehicle on my drive, I need an EV charger for that. Actually, oh gosh, my electricity load's going to go up, let's get some solar. Uh, so those those are kind of givens. Uh, batteries are also very popular as well. So probably 50% of residential retrofits get batteries. Um, I think that's it's as much an emotional decision as anything else. People want to feel that they're able to use all their, their energy and not sell it to the grid. They want to feel that they're more independent, if you like, of the grid, which I think is important. Uh, and the payback on those and the, the returns are getting much, much better. Um, things like heat pumps, for example, are really dependent upon the site and the type of building. Work better on well-insulated houses, for example, um, than they do with very old houses. Um, but um, again, great technology. I have a heat pump here. and you know, We've had heat pumps in, in my house for the last you know, 12 years or so, and they're very reliable. They've produced great heat and they're very cost effective. So um, I'm a fan of all of those things. Thanks very much, Paul, for spending your time with us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. So thank you for your time.